Haley. And I'm Macy. And we want to welcome our online campus today. Moms all around the world are watching. Happy Mother's Day to you. And we want to take a moment to honor our mother. And she's the mom of higher vision. So can we give it up for Devet Ming? Yes, she is seriously the best. Also, while I have the stage, I want to tell you that we have the foam party this coming Tuesday for Shameless junior high plug. and high schoolers. And so if you, if that is you or you know somebody, we'd love to have you there. It's going to be really fun. Bubbles, we're going to party. So make sure you wear dark colors because we want everyone appropriate. And also, um, just in a minute, we're going to show you a video that we found that we really believe... Um, is so relatable to what it means to be a mother. It's a son kind of explaining his experience growing up. So would you turn your attention to the screens for just a moment? You know, I don't have a lot of sympathy for you that your throat hurts. It's because you're on that phone so much. Hey, sweetie, it's time to be ready for school. Wake up, okay? Breakfast will be ready. How many cups do you guys need? This is ridiculous. Stop using all these cups. Do you hear me? You're still not, you're still not up. I told you to get up 10 minutes ago. There goes your breakfast. There goes that. Get dressed, come on. Hey! How are you? How's the family? <laughs> Is it good? Yeah, things are good? I said get up. No, now I'm That's awesome. Yeah, we, I need to see you around more. Yeah, let's go. Hey, Siri, you kids have really lost. Oh my, how was your little <laughs> pool party? Was it fun? Yeah, you had a good time? You think you'd do it again? Who all was there? Name each one of them individually. That, were the girls wearing appropriate swimsuits? They were? They were? Good. Did you put on her sunscreen? Was Sheila's mom there? How was she? You didn't get to talk to her? Why didn't you talk to her? You should have talked to her. How was the food? You guys had some snacks? What were the snacks? What all did you guys do after? Was there a diving board? Did you jump off? Were you safe? You didn't dive, right? Was it at least eight feet? Did you dive? Tell me more. Isn't that awesome? Can we give it up for that? Isn't that so true? All the questions and the details mom want to know about everything. We love it. We love it. And they, it's really funny because he has another one and it's moms when they're getting ready for company. And so she's like running around and she's like, fluff that pillow, fluff that pillow. And she's getting like super anxious. But we just want to say happy Mother's Day to you. Thanks so much that... Um, Dad, that you trust us to come up here and speak and share. I don't normally speak. Normally, I'm up here leading you guys in worship. So it's just an honor for me that you guys would listen to me and have an open heart. And this week, as we were studying the word wild, we're like, what does that mean? How can we make this applicable? And some different definitions we found for wild is free and passionate, not easily persuaded, forces of nature. How many know that moms are forces of nature, right? Without restraint, fierce, untamable, crazy, because we drive them crazy, strong, unbroken. These are just some of the definitions that we believe are just so accurate about moms. Am I right? They're untamable. They're strong. They're fierce. And so as we were studying, we're like, what are some fierce, wild moms in the Bible? So we decided we wanted to compare two different moms, and their lives are intertwined in a messy way. They're not perfect. They make mistakes, but God still uses them to accomplish his purposes on the earth. And that's Hagar and Sarah. Does everybody know the story? Hagar, Sarah? Okay, well, I'm going to give you a little bit of introduction about it. And so we're going to start with Father Abraham. Does anybody know that song? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you. 
So let's all praise the Lord, right on. That was my favorite Sunday school song ever. So Father Abraham didn't have a son yet, and God promised him that he would be the father of nations, okay? And so he was pretty old at this point, but he's like, all right, God. So 10 years passed. He doesn't have a child yet. So his wife, Sarah, says, you know what? God has prevented me from having children, so why don't you take my servant, Hagar, you guys can have a child, and that can be our child, our heir, the promise of God. So he sleeps with Hagar. They have a child named Ishmael. Okay, everybody following me? Hagar, Abraham, Ishmael. And so 13 years passed, and God speaks to Abraham again, and he says, that's not the child I was talking about. You and Sarah are going to have a child, a child that I'm going to bless. He's going to be the father of many nations. I'm going to use his descendants. Kings are going to come from him. And so they have a child named Isaac. Now, Ishmael, typical teenager, begins to pick on Isaac. And so Sarah, mama bear, is like, heck no, not putting up with it. They need to leave. Okay, so that's where we pick up from the story. So Genesis 21, 14 through 9, Abraham got up early the next morning, got some food together and a canteen of water for Hagar, put them on her back and sent her away with a child. She wandered off into the desert of Beersheba. When the water was gone, she left the child under a shrub and went off 50 yards or so. She said, I can't watch my son die. As she sat, she broke off into sobs. Meanwhile, God heard the boy crying. The angel of God called down from heaven to Hagar, said, what's wrong, Hagar? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy and knows the fix he's in. Up now, go get the boy, hold him tight. I'm going to make of him a great nation. Now, this is the most important scripture for my point. Would you guys read this with me? Just then, God opened her eyes. She looked, she saw a well of water. She went to it and filled her canteen and gave the boy a long, cold drink. Would you close your eyes with me as I pray? God, we just love you so much today, God, and we just want to take a moment and say thank you for every mom here. God, and I just, I know that today is a hard day for some people. God, so I pray that your comfort would rest in this place, that your peace would rest in this place. God, and I pray that you would encourage everyone today, that you would remind us that you're for us and not against us, that you're with us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right, so Hagar and Ishmael are in the desert. They're in the wilderness. They're starving. They don't have anything to drink. And God opens Hagar's eyes to see a well. So what that tells me is that the well was already there. She just couldn't see it. And so my first point today is wild moms see. Wild moms see. Moms have this ability to see. Moms have this ability to see you and know you're lying. Moms have this ability to see you and know that something's not quite right. Have you ever heard the phrase, moms have eyes on the back of their head? Yeah, I was actually afraid of this when I was little. Like, I was terrified that if I lifted the back of my mom's hair, I would see eyes. It scared me so bad. So moms have an ability to see, and not just the bad things. Moms have an ability to look at you and see the gold in you when you don't see it. Moms have the ability to see potential and promise in your life when you don't even believe it for yourself. Moms have a God-given ability to see, but sometimes... Because of disappointment, because things happen, because life is messy, we begin to lose our vision. 
and we begin to lose our sight. We begin to forget what God has spoken for us. In the midst of her pain and discouragement, God met Hagar there. He met her there, and he opened up her eyes. And I believe that wild moms see, and not, that they see past discouragement. They see past pain. They see past current circumstances to what's ahead. Hagar was blinded by discouragement, and what some of you may not know is that 13 years prior, she was in a wilderness herself. She ran away when she was pregnant with Ishmael, and God met her there. God met her there, and she named that place, You Are the God Who Sees, because God saw her. He saw her in her brokenness, and he made a promise to her about Ishmael. He said he would, be, he would have many descendants, that his hand would be on him. So here we are 13 years later, she's in another wilderness with her son that God promised her about, and yet she's still doubting, yet she forgot what God had promised her 13 years later, because if she would have remembered that God promised that he would have many descendants, then she would have known that provision was on the way, because they wouldn't die there, because God had promised Discouragement caused her to forget what God had spoken. It caused her to forget that God is the God who sees. Wild moms see the big picture. They see the big picture. They see past pain. They see past areas of lack. They see to the big picture of what God has for us. And I believe that not only was Hagar discouraged, but I believe that Sarah was as well. Can we take a look at Genesis 16, 1 through 3? Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. So this was 10 years after God had made the promise that they would have children. 10 years. 10 years of waiting 10 years of disappointment, 10 years, a decade, 10 years ago I was 14, 10 years, a lot can happen in 10 years. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And the message version says, unrelenting disappointment. So how many know we start off with faith sometimes and then something happens, disappointment sets in. Okay, you know what? No, I believe that God is going to do what he said he would do. I believe he's going to bring financial breakthrough, but then our car breaks down. No, I, I'm believing that I'm going to be able to pay off this debt, but then something else happens, right? Over and over and over again, disappointment. For me, that happened. For 10 years, I believed for a healing for someone in my family. For 10 years, every time I went to the altar, I was praying for that family member, and for 10 years, I didn't see it happen. And every time I thought it would, like, oh, this is the outpouring, God's gonna speak, he's gonna move, nothing would change. And I'm so thankful because God has brought healing now. But what I'm realizing is that there's still some leftover callous on my heart because of the ongoing discouragement. I began to look for disappointment rather than looking for God's promise to be fulfilled. 
And this is why I believe Sarah was discouraged. Genesis 16, 2, the Lord has prevented me from having children. That says two things to me. The first is the Lord has prevented me. Her discouragement caused her to question God's character. It caused her to question if God was really for her. God is doing this to me. God is keeping me from having children. It's God. He's against me. Sometimes when we're blinded by discouragement, we can begin to question. We can begin to question who God is. Why, God? Why are you doing this to me? Why have you done this to me, God? Don't you love me? Didn't you promise me? We begin to question. We forget Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. We forget Romans 8, 28, For I know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him are called according to his purpose. We begin to forget. The second thing that tells me is the phrase, God prevented me. She thought she was the problem. She didn't have faith, or she had faith that Abraham would have his son, but she didn't have faith that God would use her to do it. How many times have we questioned if we're qualified to receive what God has? You know what, I'm believing for that, but something's wrong with me, so I don't think that I'm gonna be able to achieve that. I'm the problem. I really want this resolved relationship, but there's just something wrong with me. I'm unable to do it. It's not going to happen. Maybe today you're discouraged. Maybe, Mom, today you feel like you've let your kids down. On Easter a few weeks ago, there was a cool moment, and I, I, was, I was up here for worship, and I saw my family worshiping, and I saw my mom. She was having a God moment. And afterwards, she was talking to us on the car ride to go see our, our brother, who's at Dream Center LA. And she was telling us, you know, today God told me, you need to forgive yourself. She said, for what? For all the things that you feel like you've let your kids down with. And moms, some of you are carrying around shame, carrying around guilt, carrying around discouragement. And today's the day to forgive yourself. Hagar and Sarah, they weren't perfect mothers. But they still, God still was faithful to them. Even when Sarah took things into her own hands, God was still faithful. God will still be faithful to you. There is nothing wrong with you. You're just waiting. It just might not be your time yet. You just might need to ask God to open up your eyes to see being a wild mom means not letting your discouragement hinder your faith. Being a wild mom is someone who knows who God is, knows who she is, and knows God will do what he promised he will do. And at this time, I want to invite my beautiful sister up here to give some more wisdom. Would you give it up for Haley? <laughs> A fun fact about Haley is she loves pigs. Yeah, just so you know. They're my favorite animal. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Haley. <laughs> now you know that about me. <laughs> okay. Um, wasn't she so good? 
Also, a uh, shout out to our online campus for hanging out with us um, at your house. You're probably in your PJs, and I'm jealous. Um, you know, but today we are going to continue our discussion about Hagar and Sarah, and I'm going to talk more specifically on Sarah. And I want us to read a little about when Sarah first heard that she was going to be pregnant and her reaction. Okay, so why don't you read along with me in Genesis 18. It says, Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening, using those big ears of hers, at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Like, now? Are you kidding me? You know, so she heard what they were saying, but she didn't really hear it because she just, you know, she's like, that's not actually possible. Uh, that won't really happen. That's ridiculous, you know. And so today, my first point, um, there comes a moment where this is how she first feels, but there comes a moment when that changes for her. She starts to hear it. So my, my point for you today is wild moms hear. So Macy mentioned how moms have eyes in the back of their head, but has anyone heard that moms have bionic ears? Okay, so, you know, just a mom can always hear when you're doing something, right? They can hear when you're sneaking a cookie from the cookie jar. Or my mom, she can tell who's walking down the stairs just by the footsteps. And actually, I can tell too because, you know, my dad stomps pretty loud. And so you can tell, but she can tell always. I, some of them are a little iffy. She can always hear them. And so there was this one instance when I was in seventh grade. My bedtime was 10 p.m., um, but everyone else that was cooler than me got to stay up later. And so what I would do is I would lay in my bed, pretend like I was sleeping, listening to my little nano shuffle, listening to the Jonas Brothers until the time was, until everyone was asleep. Then I would get up out of my bed, sneak downstairs, and I would go on MySpace. And I would talk to whoever was awake. And I don't know why I did this. It was weird, but I did. And so there was this one day in particular, you know, I was trying to be all sneaky. And um, then I just hear stomping upstairs. And the lights come on, and I hear my name being yelled by my mother. And I was freaking out, you know, like, what am I going to do? And so I log out of my space really quick, try to shut my dad's computer, and then um, I try and hide. But here's the thing about my dad's office is his desk is about this tall, and um, there's really no covering because the sides are see-through. So if she saw, if she had the light on, she would be able to see me. But I just, I did whatever I could and I hid under that desk. And all of a sudden I hear, I see the light come on and then I see just her feet standing there. And she's like, Haley, what are you doing up? It's 1.30 in the morning, you're busted. And of course she heard me walking down the stairs. I thought I was being sneaky, but she heard me. And I think sometimes in our own life, we have a difficulty hearing some things. Because we hear the negative words that are spoken over us, but we have a difficult time hearing the positive. And that's, um, studies say that it takes seven positive statements to outweigh just one negative statement. Seven. 
You know, that's why you remember when in the fourth grade you got that F on your English test. That's why you remember when you were in high school and you weren't allowed on the team because you weren't fast enough. We remember those things. And when I think of my own life, there have been specific words that have been spoken over me that I remember to this day. And I think there are two things that we can do. We can either try harder to prove them wrong, which if you're competitive like me, that's what you'll do, or you just accept it as truth. You just accept those words over you. And when we look at the story of Sarah, we see she was so discouraged, right? Imagine being 90 years old and being told every, every time that you tried to have a kid that you were barren. That's what happened to her. She was so discouraged that she couldn't even hear God's promises over her life. And I want us to, to read about um, Abraham's promise that was spoken over her spoken over him, and it's in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Everyone say, the Lord Lord. had said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who curse you, or who bless you, and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. So here we see that her husband is given this great covenant, this great promise of what's to come. But with what Sarah has been told her entire life, it's impossible. There's no way for her to have a baby. There's no way for this to happen because they're married, right? And so what she does is she accepts the words that have been spoken her over her, but she doesn't accept them over her husband. So she gives her slave Hagar to her husband to make a baby, and then it's one weird, awkward family. And then what happens is, you know, I think a lot of the time for us, you know, here her husband is being told, but she accepts the negative words that have been spoken over her, but not her husband. And I think in our life, we do the same thing because it's easy to accept the words that have been spoken over you, but believe for someone else, right? To believe for breakthrough for someone else, to believe that someone else is going to be healed of cancer, to believe that someone else is going to see that breakthrough financially. But when it comes to you, you're just like, no, that would never happen to me. And the reason is because we're so discouraged. It's hard for us to have faith and to believe for that to happen. And with Sarah, she tried to make things happen so that her husband could have a baby not knowing that what was promised to him was also promised to her. And after the baby was born, something interesting happens. See, at the time, you didn't read it wrong. His name was Abram in some of the scriptures that we read. He had a different name. And in Genesis 17, after Ishmael was born, what happens is is God gives him a new name. He changes it to Abraham. But it wasn't just him that got a new name. In Genesis 17, 15, then God said to Abraham, regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Catch something real quick. How many times did he say, yes, I will bless her. Yes, I will bless her. 
She will be a mother. She will be the kings. It's because of the seven to one ratio, right? She needed to be reminded several times and be told so that way she would believe it as truth. Some of you today are here and you feel like God has given a promise to your husband. God has given a promise to someone else in your life. Not knowing that for Sarah, the promise was for her as well. The blessing was for both of them. The blessing was for their entire family. So her name before, when it was Sarah, it meant something different than the name Sarah. It meant to strive. So she was striving to make things happen, right? She was striving to make it so her husband had a baby. You know, in my life, when I was in high school, I was striving to be cool like everyone else. I was striving to do really well in my classes. I was striving. And maybe you're a young mom today and you're striving to provide for your family. You're working those extra hours and then it's frustrating because you see everyone else getting that new house, everyone else getting that promotion, everyone else getting that opportunity to travel and you have have to stay home and provide and strive to take care of your family. Or maybe you're a grandmother today and you're striving to have a relationship with your kids. You're striving to connect with them, but they're so busy. They don't have time. Or maybe you're here today and you're striving to come up with an example of what I'm talking about right now. (laughs) But Sarah, the name, it means queen. Linking in co-rulership with her husband and receiving the promise. But not only that, it means kings of peoples shall be of her. From Sarah's lineage, not only comes a Joseph who saved a nation or a Moses who delivered his people or what about a Joshua who conquered the promised land Not only from her lineage came a Gideon who defeated the Midianites with 300 people or a David who slayed giants, but from her lineage came the king of kings, the Messiah who would one day not just save a nation, but save an entire world. From her lineage is the reason that we are in this building today because of the lineage of Abraham and Sarah. No longer was she striving, but God had given her a new name. And there are many people here today that God wants to give you a new name. God wants to give you a new name of breakthrough. God wants to give you a new name of refreshment. God wants to give you a new name. Because when we decided to follow Christ, we have a new name. We are now sons and daughters of the high king. We take on a new name, a new life, a new plan, a new dream. And I believe that God wants to give you a new name, but much like Sarah, you're laughing when God is trying to give you a new name. Much like Sarah, you don't want to believe it. You don't think it's possible. Maybe your name has been defeated alone. Wicked stepmother bad father, tired, poor student, rebellious daughter, gossiper, or maybe like Sarah, your name has been barren. 
See, there's a difference between hearing God's voice and someone else's. Because there is power when God speaks. Mountains move when God speaks. Oceans are formed. Stars are created when God speaks. Chains are broken when God speaks. And when that same God gives you a new name, that means things change. That means something begins to change within you. Something begins to change when God speaks. In a name, it's important because a name, it defines who you are. It defines what you live for, what you stand for. And God changed Sarah's name so that every single time it was she heard it spoken aloud or maybe she said it herself. She was reminded of God's will and God's promise for her life. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Every time that her name was spoken aloud, it was stirring faith inside of her heart. Every time that her name was spoken aloud, she was telling herself, I am a mother. I am going to be the mother of kings, of people. That is who I am. No longer was she striving, but she had a new name. And God wants to give you a new name. A name that reminds you that there is a hope and a plan for your life. A name that reminds you that there is more ahead of you. A name that is not defined by your past or mistakes. A name that it is, is defined by where you are now and where you are going. God has a new name for you today. And I want everyone, let's have our, our hearts open, our ears open, and our eyes open to receive what God wants you, to, what God has, the name that God has for you. Now, your name is victorious. Now, your name is provider. Now, your name is strong. Now, your name is joyful. Now, your name is determined, encourager, nurturer, self-control, fearless, undaunting, wild. You have a new name today. God sees you and he hears you. And he wants you to see and to hear the promises that he has for your life today. But maybe you're here today and your name has been lost. You've come into this place, you don't even know who Jesus is. And here I am talking about him being the king of kings, the Messiah. But let me tell you, you're here for a reason. God wants to have a relationship with you. He sent his son to die for you and for me and everyone in this room and those online today. Jesus died so we could have a relationship with him, so he could be not just our king, but your king as well. So if I could have everyone just close your eyes with me.